about the Holy Spirit's first move. The Holy Spirit's first move. You can think about a game of chess. You can think about some other game where you're strategizing how you're going to win the game. You're, you're thinking of the end. How do I win? So what's your first move? If you want to win, what's your first move? If the Holy Spirit wants to win, what's his first move? So I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit's first move. We're always talking about a move of the Holy Spirit, but I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit's first move, the Holy Spirit's first move. The Acts of the Apostles could also be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit because all the things that excite us about the book of Acts are not really human things. They're, they're Holy Spirit power things. This is the Acts of the Holy Spirit through people, through human beings. The Holy Spirit was also the power behind Jesus' ministry. In Luke chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And verse 14 says, Then he returned in the power of the Spirit. Notice it didn't say he returned in the power of the Son of God. No. He could not do those miracles because he was the Son of God. That's a traditional misconception that's been passed down from generation to generation. Well, he's God. Yes, he is. He's the Son of God. Yes, he is. But he could not do those miracles because he was God or the Son of God. No. He could do those miracles because he was empowered by the Spirit. Because when Jesus became a human being, he relinquished those powers that he had as God to become like us. He's still God, but he relinquished those powers. He let them go so that he could really experience humanness and be a human being and pass the test that Adam failed and die as a real human being with real feelings and real temptations. Amen? And so we have to understand the ministry of Jesus was a ministry empowered by the Holy Spirit and that's why no miracles happened in Jesus' life until he was filled with the Holy Spirit, until the power of the Spirit came on him. And then, as it says in Luke 4, 14, he returned from the wilderness of temptation in the power of the Spirit, not in the power of the Son of God. We have to understand this. So let me show you how the Holy Spirit moves. I ask you to turn to Matthew chapter 3. Let's look at it beginning at the 16th verse. It says, when Jesus had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting or landing upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Now look at the, look at the next verse. Look at, or look at verse, uh, yeah, the next verse, verse 1 of chapter 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So who led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil? The Holy Spirit. Didn't Jesus say to pray, lead us not into temptation? Who led, the, who led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil? The Holy Spirit did. 
So I want you to notice the Holy Spirit's on the move, but nobody's getting healed. Nobody's getting saved. Nobody's getting delivered. No miracles are happening. And yet the Holy Spirit's on the move. But what's his first move? His first move is to drive, as Mark says, Jesus into prayer. Did you hear me? The Holy Spirit's first move is not miracles and power and answers to all these problems. Uh Uh-uh. No, his first move is saying, come on, we need to go pray. Come on, we need to confront the devil. We need to unseat him from what he's doing. We need to dislodge him from the areas where he has us tangled and in bondage. We need to overcome that temptation where he is trying to get us to stay settled, stay in a rut, stay in our habits. No, before we go out and the Holy Spirit attempts to move through us, he said, no, there are some things in you that have to be taken care of. Amen. Satan has to be confronted. Amen. And he has temptations to throw at you, but the Lord says, but you're going to overcome them. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit. Amen. In the life and ministry of Jesus, the very first move of the Holy Spirit was leading Jesus away from people into prayer. Amen. We miss this sometimes. We just say, come, Lord, move, move, and we want him to start with the second move. And he says, no, I can't start with the second move because you must do the first move. You must pray. Every great move of God begins in prayer. You read the history of revival. Every great move of God begins with prayer. And the Holy Spirit has been provoking us, speaking to us, teaching us, calling us to prayer. And our flesh would like to say, oh, let's skip that part. Let's get right to the miracles. Let's get right to the move of God. Amen. Let's talk about the second move because this this is what we normally like to go to. We read in Luke 4, 14, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's second move brought power. The Holy Spirit's second move brought power in the life and ministry of Jesus. Look here in Matthew 4, 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. And verse 25, great multitudes followed him from Galilee, from Decapolis, that's 10 10 pagan cities, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. So the Holy Spirit's second move brought healing power. The Holy Spirit's second move also drew many, many hurting people. Look what it says. All sick people came, afflicted, various diseases, tormented, demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics. Somebody said, oh, I wish I could be there in the ministry of Jesus. If you were sitting out in his congregation, you know what it'd be like? Here, let me read it to you. Come on. (laughs) All sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, 
paralytics. Is that the congregation you were looking for? Is that the church you were trying to find? The good news is he healed them. Amen. They didn't stay that way. He healed them. But what happened? Well, then they started bringing more sick people. Is that right? This, this cycle didn't end. They started bringing more sick people. It's interesting how people pray for a move of God, but then when people start to come who have needs, man, I just don't like the culture. I just don't like it. Just, it's not what I was looking for. Can't, can't we just call the healed? Jesus said, I did not come for those who were well. I came for those who were sick. Isn't that right? You want to be a part of the ministry of Jesus, you have to be prepared to help people who are hurting. That is the ministry of Jesus. He didn't come for people who were already taken care of. He came to help people who were hurting. So the second move of the Holy Spirit includes healing power. It, including, it includes people coming who are hurting. It includes a multitude of people. Amen. A multitude of people. And I tell you what else it includes. I, I, I had the Holy Spirit add this. This wasn't in my original notes. It includes businesses of business owners being supernaturally blessed. If those business owners listen to Jesus, he's operating under the power of the Holy Spirit. So if he says, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch, then you launch out. Because we know of at least five businessmen that got fabulous, fabulously blessed by one word from Jesus, Peter, Andrew, and the Bible says they were in partnership with James and John and their father Zebedee. Amen. So uh, who knows who else is in the partnership, but I know this, at least five business people from one word from God went from maybe, well, we know they fished all night and caught nothing. So went from the business being on the verge of bankruptcy to, to having surpluses all over the place. I mean, they're just running around trying to get everything, trying to get all of this, all these sales that have happened, so to speak. I mean, all this business that just happened, happened just like that. Somebody said, did it happen overnight? No, actually, nothing happened overnight. Jesus spoke in the morning, and it, uh, it, it happened in the morning. Amen. Sorrow may endure for the night, the Bible says, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. Praise God. So the Lord told me that businesses are going to be blessed in the second move of the Holy Spirit. But we got to do the first move. I said, but we got we to be a part of the first move. What's the first move? He drives us to prayer. He leads us in prayer. Oh, I don't want that. I just want the benefits. This is how the benefits come. Through following God, delighting in His will, and being willing to confront hell and every temptation that hell is trying to bring against you. This same process happened in the early church. In Acts chapter 1, before Jesus left at the Great Commission, it says in verse 4, Being assembled together with them, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which He said, You've heard from Me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. 
Jesus was telling them, look, I know that I've died on the cross. I know that I've been raised from the dead. You can go preach the gospel right now. But don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need the move of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus commanded them, I know you've got scripture. I know this has been fulfilled. I know the penalty has been paid. I've been raised from the dead. Heaven has been opened to the world now. The veil has been ripped in two. But don't you dare go out on your own. You wait for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, let's see what happened. In Acts 1.14, it says, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And then chapter 2, verse 1, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, where are they? They're in prayer. They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and instantly went out to do miracles among the people. Is that what it says? Is that what your Bible says? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and instantly went out. To lead people to Jesus. No. What's the very first, first, first thing he led them to do? And they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The first move of the Holy Spirit on the early church was to pray. Amen. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. And they went into this whole time of praying in the Spirit. Praying in other tongues. Praying in other languages. Amen. So the first thing the Holy Spirit did was not to draw 3,000 people. The first thing he did was empower them to pray. Amen. Did you hear me? Now, we know it's there, but sometimes we're just praying that he gets to the second move. Lord, get to the second move. He said, let me empower you first. Let me empower you first. Let me empower you first. Before we get to the second move and you get out there with no power... Let me draw you away to prayer to empower you for the second move. Amen. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to do the second move without you. You don't want to just be riding on the coattails of the move of God. You want to be a part of the move of God. Amen. God's not calling you just to come and to be somewhere where a move of God's happening. And you're saying, wow, a move of God's happening. He wants you to be part of the move. He wants other people to be watching you, saying a move of God's happening. And to do that, you have to allow the first move of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Is God wise? Do you think if, if the Holy Spirit did it in Jesus like that, and do you think if the Holy Spirit did it in the early church like that, do you think he wants to do it with us like that? Oh, yes, he does. That's why this is in the Bible. The first thing the Holy Spirit empowered them to do is to pray is to pray. And what happened? Acts 2.41. And that day, and that day, and that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. 3,000 souls. Now here's the second move of the Holy Spirit. He's adding to them. Well, they didn't just start praying that day. They've been praying. 
but then he empowered their prayer. All of a sudden, their prayer got turbocharged. Amen? Supercharged. I mean, just prayer took off. Now they're praying Holy Spirit words with Holy Spirit power. And you see the result of that. When human beings are empowered by the Holy Spirit and speak words which change everything and speak words with their God-given dominion and authority, the Holy Spirit can now move on other people. Praise God. I said praise God. Amen. So it says that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Look at the next verse. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. So what happened? They continued. They continued. They didn't say, okay, glad, glad the prayer's over with. Now we just get down to the good stuff. No, no, no. The good stuff is to continue to happen. But we have to continue to be people of prayer. Amen. We have to continue in this lifestyle. They were gathered together when they were all with one accord in one place. They were fellowshipping together. They were taking time to be together. And they were praying. And so it said the move of the Holy Spirit happened. And they continued the same lifestyle that preceded the second move of the Holy Spirit. Amen. They continued in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and prayers and prayers. And we read it. It goes on to say at the end of that passage, and God added to the church daily those who were being saved. God added to the church daily those who were being saved. If, if we don't watch it, we'll settle for people getting saved in here weekly. I said, if we don't watch it, we'll settle for people getting saved in here weekly. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not the move of the Holy Spirit when a church can get people saved weekly. That's easy. The move of the Holy Spirit was when y'all are out there, Amen. empowered by the Holy Spirit, people are getting saved daily. Amen. Amen. That's the move of the Holy Spirit that the Bible talks about. Daily. Daily. People are getting saved daily. You don't have to come to church to get saved. God is everywhere. And when you show up, he's right there with you, in you. In Acts chapter 4, the church began to experience persecution and they began to pray. Persecution. In Acts 4, Peter and John were severely threatened. And it says in verse 23, And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they, the, the church that was gathered together in this home, when they heard that, they raised their voice in response to persecution. They raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them. And they prayed this prayer that miracles would be done and so on. Verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. We could put in there again. These are spirit-filled people being filled with the Holy Spirit again. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Somebody said, wait, but if you're already filled with the Holy Spirit, then you're already filled, right? Well, that, that, that's a, a misconception. That's a misconception. See, somebody said, well, I'm, I'm spirit-filled. 
What, what do you mean by that? Well, back in 1982, <laughs> I got filled with the Spirit, got my spiritual link. Well, praise the Lord. We'll, we'll count you as Spirit-filled in that regard, that you were released in the Spirit at that point. But so often, you know, we've heard people say, you know, man, hit this guy over here. Yeah, committed adultery three times. And he's spirit-filled. Well, he wasn't those days. Did you hear me? He wasn't those days. He was full of something, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit. It's full of lust. Amen? See, to be filled with the Spirit is not just that you had been spirit-filled and released in spiritual language. It's that you are now spirit-filled. I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, my wife and I, we will eat something. And then, you know, maybe an hour or two later, we'll say, you hungry? No, I'm not hungry yet. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not hungry. But I tell you what, another couple hours go by, you hungry? I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I was full, but I'm not anymore. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You were filled with the Spirit, but that doesn't mean you are now. And here's how you can tell. What are you doing? When you're Spirit-filled, you're Spirit-led. When you're spirit-filled, you're spirit-empowered. When you're spirit-filled, you're spirit-obedient. You're overcoming the flesh. And when the Holy Spirit's saying pray, you've got the strength to say, yep, I'm going to stop and pray right now. Shut that TV off, and we're going to pray. When you're not spirit-filled, you're saying uh, on the next commercial, as soon as this show's over. Well, oh, oh, I want to see this one real quick. Oh, I want to see this. Oh, it's so late now. I better get to bed. i got to get up early. See, you're not spirit-filled, but you need to be. Amen. Hey, somebody's, somebody's sitting out there saying, he knows me. <laughs> and, that, and that's not it. I know me. I said, I know me. I know how we are. The flesh is so strong. The flesh is so strong. We need to be empowered by the Spirit to be led by the Spirit. Amen. We need him to help us. We need him to help us. So they prayed in Acts chapter 4 in response to persecution. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. And look at the results found in Acts 5. But let me just read from verse 14. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord. What does that mean? More and more. It was on the increase. More people are getting saved today than yesterday. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick, here it is again, just like the ministry of Jesus, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, boy, just like the ministry of Jesus. I said, just like the ministry of Jesus. You know why? Because it is the ministry of Jesus. They're carrying it on. This is the ministry of Jesus. Bringing sick people, those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Some people think that only happened in the ministry of Jesus. Oh, no, look right there, book of Acts. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, and they were all healed, and they were all healed, and they were all healed. The other night, I had the privilege of being in the celebration 
gathering of those who went to Nicaragua. We had nearly 90 people go to Nicaragua with One Nation one day. And I was listening. I mean, only a few people could talk. And each of them could only talk for a couple of minutes. And we heard miracle after miracle after miracle that happened through our team, not to mention other teams that were there. There were, I think, nearly 3,000 missionaries that went on this mission, missionary project. And our group being uh, one of the larger groups. But nonetheless, we're, we're just like, you know, one, one thirtieth of how, who was there. But just hearing from our group and just hearing from a handful of our group. Miracle after miracle. Healing after healing. Praise God. Eyes open, ears open, a withered arm stretched out by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's wanting to move today. Amen. Amen. But do you know what they did before they went to Nicaragua? They were all called to Miami. And in Miami, I saw the debrief video. In Miami, they were ministered to with the Word of God. They were called to prayer They were all called to raise their voices and to call out for Nicaragua that the Lord would move by His Spirit in a powerful way. See, the first move of the Holy Spirit was to prayer in Miami. And then they were dispatched. Then they were deployed. And they went to Nicaragua in the power of the Spirit. We can't miss the first move of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And expect the second. We can't miss the first and expect the second. Sometimes people are trying to look. How, how did that church grow? How did that church do this? Well, I don't know how it happens for everybody else. But I know in my life what happened. I was a teenager. Struggling with lust. Dating somebody I wasn't called to date. And the Holy Spirit was dealing with me about it inside. And all my emotions and my flesh did not want me to break off this relationship. Oh, 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 I was under attack to stay with it. I was already, uh, my heart was already tied to it. Emotionally bound. Locked. And the Holy Spirit was trying to move on my life. Not to do miracles. Not to be a pastor. No. But first to break me free from what was going on in my life that was not his will. To confront hell. To confront the devil. And to overcome him so that something could happen in my life. And I broke off that relationship. It felt like by the skin of my teeth just barely had enough strength to make the call and the decision and cut it off. Never spoke to her again. Walked away, weeping, crying, going to prayer every day, calling on the Lord for my own life and and healing and deliverance, my broken heart, the bondage I was under. And it was during that first move of the Holy Spirit in my life that I broke free from sin 
broke free from the grip of the enemy, broke free from the discouragement that he was attacking me with. No, because you didn't do this and you can't do this and you haven't overcome this. You've made too many mistakes in this area and this is why you're disqualified. All the lies I was being confronted with. And while I was in prayer, being tempted by the enemy, the Lord was empowering me and speaking to me. You can beat him. 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 I felt like I couldn't win. You can do it. You can do it. Stay with it. Stay with it. Don't stop praying. Don't stop seeking. Don't stop calling. Don't stop pressing into the word of God. Don't stop calling on the name of the Lord. Don't stop confessing your sin. Stay with it. Stay with it. Stay with it. And I just always felt like I barely had enough strength just to go and repent and and call on the name of the Lord and feeling so guilty. But now I look back. That was the first move of the Holy Spirit in my life. My call to a wilderness confronting the devil, confronting lies, confronting discouragement, looking into the Bible to see what what promises God had. And could they be true for me, wrestling all that out on my own? Say, God, I got a breakthrough here. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. And he did it. And he did it. He did it. He did it. And when I broke through, I broke through in the power of the Spirit. Faith filled my heart. I knew something that I didn't know before. I had seen it in the Bible, but I didn't know it for myself. I didn't know it would be true. But when I came out of that season that lasted about eight months, when I came out of that season, I came out ready to fight every demonic spirit that came, unafraid, unchained, ready to overcome any demonic spirit, satanic attack, because I knew that God is faithful, and I knew my authority. The Holy Spirit's calling us to a first move right now. We'd like to accelerate things and forego the first move. Let's just get to the good stuff. The good stuff does not happen until we yield ourselves to the first move of the Holy Spirit. And we say, Lord, you know me. I can say yes to you, but it it doesn't happen. I say yes. My heart wants to say yes. But these patterns in my life have me gripped. I'm stuck in a rut. And I have not been able to break free. And the Bible says, God works in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Lord, I need you to help me to want to do it. And then I need you to help me do it. For it is God who works in us, both to will, to want to do it, and to do it. Where are you today? 
Do you need God to work in you just to want to? Just to want to do the will of God? To want to live like God wants you to live? To want to be a person of prayer? Or do you need God to help you to do what you already want to do? Or do you need both? Amen. I call on the Lord regularly for both. Lord, empower me. I'm not called to be ordinary. I'm called to walk in your ways by the power of the Spirit. And I'm telling you, you are not called to be ordinary. You are called to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and so the Holy Spirit saying, come, I'm doing the first move now. Here we go. It's time. Let's go. This is what he's saying. It's time for the first move. Amen. It's time for the first move. We're going to come to prayer. We're going to confront hell. Amen. And overcome the devil. And then there'll be a breakthrough and a release in the spirit. Praise God. Praise God. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. Then the second stage will happen. And I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. If my people will humble themselves and pray, the Holy Spirit's driving us to the first step. And if we do it, there'll be a move of God. I declare this ministry will not be barren. I don't care how much fruit we've experienced. I read in the word of God and believers were increasingly added to the church. Multitudes, both of men and women. I declare we are experiencing a move of the Holy Spirit, albeit the first stage. We're in another cycle. He's saying we're starting again. I'm beginning to move again. But it starts with me moving you into prayer. Moving you into prayer. And then having moved into prayer and us confronting the devil in our own lives and what he's attacking us with, we're going to come out of this stage in the power of the Spirit. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.